Hi everyone, you're listening to the It Starts With Action podcast. I am your host, Presence, and the podcast is all about interviewing massive action takers, learning from their journey, the lessons, the tools, and to inspire you to also take action. Today's guest is Adam Posner, who's the founder and managing director at NHP Talent Group, specializing in talent acquisition for senior level roles within digital marketing, media, e-commerce, product, and content creation at startups, creative agencies, and brands. He's also the host of a really popular podcast called The Podcast, which is all about showcasing experts to help you harness your inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. Before we got into recruiting, he also worked for Gary Vee at Vayner Media, and we talked about his journey of how being fired got him to where he is today. And so I'm super excited for you guys to listen. If you enjoy it, then please share it with your friends and family, give a review on Apple Podcasts, and yeah, let's get into it. So hi everyone, welcome to another episode of It Starts With Action, and today I'm very grateful to have Adam Posner with me, um, which is founder and managing director of NHP Talent Group, as well as just... I think the list was so long and as a 19 year old I didn't understand every single thing recruitment I just remember <laughs> um I saw your profile your story just you had to make a big change and like that's that's a journey that's like a scary thing to do and so it'd be super cool to listen to your wise words and your story and yeah your experience with the podcast as well because you have your own the podcast which is very unique I love the name um so yeah we'd love to like know your journey from just like how it started and how you got to where you are Wow, that's an open-ended question. I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, presence, thank you, thank you so much for inviting me on to your show. I am, I am truly honored, and I love to speak to every different demographic. It's so crazy. Like, I, I was looking at my LinkedIn profile the other day, and I'm like, holy shit! I've been out of college for 20 years, basically at, at your age right now. And I, I look back. I know, but like you know, at that journey, I'm like, oh my god! Like, to think about where I am versus where I was, and like look at where I've grown and where I've changed is, is just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, my journey, my journey is interesting, you know, just to kind of level set the, the audience here. I am a born and raised New Yorker. I love New York. I love New York City. I've never left New York City. Even when I went to college, I went to university up in Buffalo. So I've always been in New York State and, and I absolutely take a lot of pride in it. And especially now it's hard, right? We're going through a lot in this country, um, you know, with COVID, like the rest of the world. And to see New York City decimated, um, economically, socially, uh, entertainment, dining, all that kind of stuff. That's my city and it, and it hurts, but I know just like after 9-11 that we will bounce back to that. Um, and especially in the world of, of recruitment too, right? The job market's really tough and we'll get there. But back to my journey, right? That was the original question. Um, you know, I, I knew in, in college, even before college, when I was in high school, that my, my mind, my actions were always business oriented, right? And it's interesting because mm -hmm. my parents were both teachers, my brother's in education. So I was like the black sheep that went into business, right? They're all in education. So they yeah. never really got it, but that's kind of where my heart was. Um, and long story short, you know, after university, you know, my first 15 years, I worked in marketing and advertising. I did account management, digital strategy, social strategy. And this is the beginning of social, right? Now I'm going to sound really old presence, like literally MySpace, right? AOL, right? Like when it started to make that transition, when Facebook came on the market, um, live audio streaming. And I worked for a bunch of different ad agencies and really understanding that beginning time of social media, what it really meant, how it went into the marketing mix, how it all, you know, played out to the, to the consumer. So it's just been fascinating to watch that journey. Um, and especially now where, you know, you know, folks your age, right? Like, this is all second nature. I mean, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's first, like, it's like, literally it's like picking up the phone. It's the only thing you had, like, I'm going to sound old saying this, 
I learned to type on a typewriter. I remember VCRs, right? DVDs even, right? Um, I remember what it was like to not have a phone. I actually remember what it's not like to not have a phone. But that insight also kind of bridges the gap between now where I'm super tech savvy, but I also have that deep-rooted foundation mm-hmm. in, in kind of before that. So back to back to my journey, you know, 15 years working in advertising and marketing. I worked at a bunch of different ad agencies. I worked at American Express here in the States. I worked at Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Not sure if you're familiar with that. It's a big satellite radio company, streaming audio pretty much all over the country in people's cars. And then about six years ago, I landed over at VaynerMedia. I was working with the great Gary Vaynerchuk over there. That's so cool. Yeah, it was. And back then, and that was was before Gary was a household name, right? Mm -hmm. That was like before, but like the people that were in digital and social, they knew who Gary was, right? Like Mm -hmm. at that point. And honestly, I thought it was like the holy grail. I was like, oh my God, I made it. I'm working over at VaynerMedia. But I'll be honest with you. After literally a couple of weeks, I realized that, hey, maybe this wasn't right for me. Maybe like things were weird. Like I was still trying to fit in. Um, You know, I was 35 at the time. Like the average age of Vayner was probably 24, 25. So I was trying to like adjust to that, right? It was a different dynamic, a different flow. And And I really worked hard and I tried it. But ultimately, presence after about six months, um, it was not the right job for me, and I lost my job. I I got fired, um, and that was the hardest time, the hardest day of my life because I did everything I could, right? But it just wasn't the right place at the right time for me. Um, mm-hmm. And on that day, I got let go. I was sitting there with Gary, um, who I have a good relationship with, and he said, "Listen, he's like, I I like you. We really like you. Everyone loves you. The problem is, it just isn't the right place for you." And I said, what am I going to do? Like, I don't, I don't even know what to do. Like, I, I can't stay in advertising. And he said, do you, do you enjoy what you're doing? Do you like this? And I said, I, I don't know. And I couldn't honestly answer that question. For the first mm-hmm. time ever, I was like, I don't think I like this. And it was that point he said to me, he goes, listen, at this stage of your life right now, and this is the greatest piece of advice I've received to date, Gary said to me, you need to stop focusing on all those things that you suck at and double down on your strengths. Mm-hmm. And for me, the strengths are A, what you and I are doing right now, the ability to communicate and have these conversations. Two, I know the New York City market inside and out. I know marketing and advertising. And Gary said, well, what are you going to do with that? And I thought for a minute. I said, you know, I have a buddy who does healthcare recruiting. I have another buddy that does recruiting in the financial space. And they absolutely love it. And before I could finish my sentence, Gary says, you'll be a fucking awesome recruiter. And I smiled and I thought like maybe he was just trying to like, you know, make me feel good. Right. Like, all right. I just, I just had to fire this guy. I want him to feel good. Right. But we started to talk about it more and more. And he said, I I want you to go and try this. I I, I feel it in your heart. I feel like you could be awesome at this. And that's what I did. I jumped into recruiting. Um, I landed a job at a great search firm because I needed to learn how to recruit. I needed to pivot my life and my career at the age of 35, I needed to change professions. And that was scary, mm. right? That was scary. And luckily for me, I landed at a great spot where I learned how to be a recruiter. I learned the art of it and I learned the science of it, right? The two mm. sides of that business. And I kicked ass for a couple of years. And then almost three years ago, uh, I had another one of these epiphanies where I was done working for other people presence. I was done with reporting to somebody and splitting my commissions with somebody. Uh, and I had a conversation with my wife one night and I was just complaining. And she's like, you know what? Why can't you just do this by yourself? Mm. And literally the next day, that was it. I went out and I left that other job and I launched NHP Talent Group. And as they say, the rest is history on the business side. 
just listening to different stories from I guess like older people that I know is like they 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 couldn't make that jump they weren't willing to like overcome that fear and just like you know step into the unknown so like how did you overcome yeah it's so crazy um I don't think I've could I could have done this 15 years ago um I think it was a level of confidence knowing that I've been in this game a long time um, I've worked at some um, amazing companies. You think of uh, an organization like American Express with tremendous structure mm-hmm. and training. And I really had the opportunity to learn from so many amazing mentors in my life. So I had these skills. I had this experience inside of me. So it wasn't that scary. But the most important thing was the confidence of knowing that my wife was by my side, my companion, my partner, that she had the faith in me. She had the confidence to know that I'm going to crush this. And that was all the energy that I needed to really set me on on this course of entrepreneurship and building my own company. Mm, interesting. So it's not just like your wife is the savior. <laughs> she she is she she is in many ways, but she but I it was more of the encouragement mm. because she knew that I had this inside of me, right? And yeah. there's this fire that I've always had which is called tenacity, right? And that's a core of everything that I do. It's a core of my show. It's a core of everything that I talk about. My guess, the tenacity is my drive. The tenacity mm-hmm. is the reason I do everything. And it's so interesting. Somebody said to me the other day, they're like, well, do you have a backup plan? Do you have a plan B? And I go, no. I go, once you have a pl- backup plan or a plan B, you're already admitting defeat. You're already admitting mm-hmm. that you're, you're going to fail. This is a zero fail mission, right? For me, this is zero fail. And once you have that mindset, it changes everything. Because once you have the other things like, all right, so if this doesn't work out, I'm going to do something else. You've already lost. You already have a defeat of mindset. I was talking to Sam Lister a while ago and he didn't go to college because like just there's there's no other option but right. entrepreneurship. Like there's just no other way, just this way. And like, therefore he cannot fail um, whatever he does. So yeah. How, yeah. how, how do you gain that confidence though? So like if, let's say there's someone listening here single um young and has ideas but that's like in like just not confident in like believing that they can create something i feel failure i guess like have you ever had that of course and and i'd be lying if i said i didn't and i think it's that fear of failure that actually drives me but i think for anybody who wants to try something and it sounds so cliche but it really is like taking that first step and, and whether it be a baby step or a big step to step out of your comfort zone and try something different right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just start with content creation and a podcast. Like you and I are both podcasters, right? They had to start somewhere, right? We weren't just automatically podcasters. And you go back to your first show and I go back to my first show and we had to take that first step and try it. Just yeah. try it. What's the worst case? No one listens to it. Who gives a shit? If it doesn't work out, who cares? You know, no harm, no foul, but you have to take that first step. And that first step, when you accomplish it, is going to start to build that confidence into bigger and better things. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting how they say you wait until you have the confidence and then you go and do something. But actually, exactly, maybe it's the other way around. You like take action, you see results, and then you feel the confidence, and then like that just exactly. gets the ball rolling. And that's what worked for me. I mean, everybody's got to try something. But when someone asked me for advice like you did, I'm going to say what worked for me. What would be like the hardest challenge in your journey you had to overcome, or like? take action on yeah that's that's a that's a good one um i i think it's uh listen entrepreneurship is hard especially when you have your own business and there's going to be highs and lows and i think the hardest step is knowing when you're in a low whether it be let's say you lost out on a deal or things are not going your way is to trust your process right if you built a good process and you have the discipline have faith have faith in the process have faith in the journey that it's going to turn around and 
Mm-hmm. Once you see it the first time, because it's really hard when you when you're down in that hole in that entrepreneurship journey and you haven't seen the rise back up yet. But have mm-hmm. that faith because once you hit that first uphill again, you're gonna be like, all right, you know what? Like this is going to happen. I need to know when I'm down to double down on everything that I'm doing, stay focused, stay disciplined, and I'm going to come out of it. That was the hardest part for me. Because mm-hmm. like you have those moments of doubt. You have those moments of like, mm-hmm. am I doing the right thing? Do I want to quit? You gotta stick with it. Mm. Since like you've talked to so many successful, amazing people, what would what would be the I guess the key qualities you see in them that are you know what makes them yeah. who they are? You think? Oh my god! So like it's crazy. I'm I'm approaching a hundred episodes of my show, which is absolutely Ooh. insane. And there's been so many amazing conversations, and I've talking with I've spoken with you know business leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, everyday people, Olympic athletes, NFL football players politicians, former governor of the state of New York, and every single person has this quality, again, going back to that word tenacity, it's that thing that drives them. It's that fire that burns inside that keeps them going and really pushes them. Um, And it's the thing that I keep talking about, like everyone has it inside you. Everyone has this tenacity fire, right? And sometimes it's burning bright, sometimes it's dimly lit, but it's always lit. But it's up to you to to stoke those flames, right? To to pour the gasoline on it. How how it's it's digging down inside, mm-hmm. right? It's like really pushing yourself. It's it's having, you know, that that moment of like, you know what? I got to get something done. I got to take care of this. I got to do this. I got to drive it forward. And you just got to step on the gas and do it. And I know it's easier said than done. But hopefully, conversations like this and seeing that like me and everyday person could just do it. I think I remember on your post you talked about being more self aware. Yeah. And stuff. How how was that journey for you like? Yeah, let's talk about self-awareness because it was something, you know, especially when I was younger, especially in my early 20s, it was something that I was blind to, right? Um I feel like when when young folks make that transition from, you know, the the school years, the university years or even if you're not in university, but that time between the age of like 18 and 22, those real formative years where you're still figuring yourself out, you're figuring out who you are. Um, who you are in the world and that perception of what other people think of you. Cause I think it really is important, right? Like everyone says, who gives a shit what people think of you, but there, there's something to be said about that. Right. And it's a balance of your ego and yourself and, and the reality in between there. Right. Mm-hmm. And the real optimal time is that self-awareness when you're able to, to say truthfully, here's who I am. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I suck at. Here's what I could do better as a human being. Here's what I could do better as a friend. Here's what I could do better as a son, a daughter, a husband, a father, a mother. You know, and having those moments of honesty, those real true self-reflection moments of honesty. And for me, that came at a couple of points in my life. Um, you know, the personally, um, the first moment of self of true self-reflection is, you know, early on before I met my wife, when I got out of a really long relationship that started in college and I didn't like the person I was then. I wasn't the same person I was now as a bad friend. I was a bad boyfriend. And I look back when that relationship ended saying, what could I do better? And really reflecting on myself. And then it wasn't until I met my wife who really made me think about, you know, who I really am. And she brought out the best of me and that translated into business. And then when I think about it on the, on the professional side, you know, again, it wasn't until that moment, you know, when I lost my job at Boehner, when I said professionally, like, what am I good at? What do I enjoy? Like, let's have some real talk, right? Mm-hmm. What do I suck at? Why do I keep trying to fix things that I know I'm never going to be good at? And when, you, when you're when you finally truthful and real with yourself professionally and personally, 
presence, that's when everything opens up, right? Accountability and vulnerability go hand in hand. And once those two elements are aligned and you're truly truthful with yourself, everything else opens up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like it's kind of similar for me. Like it, it took me going to like rock bottom until I kind of woke up, like started to actually think about like who am I? Who like you know, started to self reflect? What's why am I here and stuff? And so I hope that someone listening does not have to kind of go to like a, a peak point <laughs> to start. But, but let me but let me ask you that, right? Let's talk about rock bottom mm-hmm. for a moment right? We were talking before we went on air, both of us have been there, right? And it goes back to that same concept, right? Like when you're rock bottom, you need to harness that tenacity. We go back to that word tenacity presence where you had to claw up out of that hole, out of that well when you were at the bottom. But correct me if I'm wrong, once you were at the top, just like I was, and you looked back down, you Mm -hmm. said to yourself, I never want to get back. I never want to be in that hole again. I never want to be at the bottom. Now that I'm at the top, I know how to get there and I'm going to stay here. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the real shit right there. That's the gold, right? Like, mm-hmm. and the fact that you're 19 and you have that is insanely incredible advantage that you have. You have that right now, right? Like you have that. Listen, you're, listen, you are going to have successes. You're going to have failures. You're going to have stumbling blocks. But the fact that you have that self-awareness now is a tool to enable yourself to learn even better each time you go through those. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think and you have such a tremendous advantage. I mean, you like you guys your age, right? Like we didn't have all this technology. We didn't have all this access to information. We learned by doing, right? Mm-hmm. We learned, right? Like we we were just there and we figured it out. Like we always complained about how school just is all theory. Like I, I didn't learn anything until I kind of yeah, took action and actually went through the process and stuff. School doesn't really teach you enough about life. No. No, I didn't learn anything in college. I, I was terrible. I was terrible. I was like, I was a bad student. I, I partied too much. I, um, I just jerked around, you know, I really didn't. But what it did teach me was, you know, being away at university was how to live on my own, right? How to like kind of be an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also had amazing internships in college, which I always say to everybody, internships are really, what are you going to teach you in college? By the time they teach you something in college, it's already outdated. It's not practical. I mean, it's yeah. years ago. Right. But I had amazing internships. I worked in marketing. I worked for a professional hockey team. Um, I worked for a big ad agency. These are all internships I had in school that, mm-hmm. you know, not only taught me what I like, but more importantly, presence, it taught me what I didn't like. It taught me mm-hmm. things I didn't want to do once I got out into the workforce. If we do something and it didn't go well, if we failed, then it's like it's not a bad thing. It just teaches us like, you know, so just we don't like that or like, yeah, it's the lesson. Um, but that's a mature way of thinking about it. Not everybody, not everybody can have that mindset where they they take failure so personally and they internalize them and it turns into a negative diminishing return, right? Can I ask like, what was the biggest failure that you went through and how did you get through that? Yeah. I mean, my biggest failure was getting fired at Vayner. I had an amazing opportunity where I thought I landed the best job in the world, working at the best age. You know, at the time, you know, everybody wanted to work for Gary and, and I, and I let that opportunity slip through because I had every chance and opportunity to fix it. I, I had an opportunity to fix what wasn't working. Now I'm, I'm going to leave out some of the details. There were a couple of things that were out of my control in the situation, but for the purpose of this conversation, you know, I had the opportunity to fix it and I let it go. Um, you know, during that time I was dealing with some internal demons inside my head um, mm. that I, I was not the same person, you know, six years ago than I am now. 
mentally. I wasn't as strong. I wasn't as confident. I, I let a lot of external personal factors affect my work. And I could have fixed it. I could have course corrected, but I didn't. And that was a failure. But as I say on my show, and as I say on other people's shows, and I keep repeating it, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have grown and be in a place where I am now. So everything happens for a reason. I love, love Steve Jobs quote, like just connect the, you can only like connect the dots backwards to understand what's happened. My take on that is it's okay to look in the rearview mirror, but don't hurt your neck doing it. It's good to look. Right? Like don't, like don't dwell. Like, like it's okay to look backwards and see where you oh, right. were Yeah. now where you're going, but mm. don't dwell too long, right? Otherwise you'll hurt your neck. <laughs> just a little take on it that's a good one so like how about you in terms of a question i ask every guest is just what does their next best version of themselves look like and oh how God. do they plan to take action to get there oh man i'm gonna now i'm, I'm happy to talk about this because i haven't spoken about it publicly yet so Ooh. um yeah no this is good shit right here so so i'm coming up at the end of this month will be three years in business for myself Ooh. and my first three years have been building and learning because I had to learn how to be a business owner. I had to learn mm. the infrastructure, the business side of it, the, the logistics, how to run an actual business. And now I'm at the point now where I have all that under control. Like I understand it. I'm actioning on it. I run the business. Everything's all set up. Now it's time to grow. Now it's time to mm -hmm. scale. So I've invested an insane amount of time, um, money, resources into the business development side of it, right? It's being able to scale my business. And that's a learning process right there, right? Learning how to build a business and, and make it bigger. But I've also been able to identify, and it goes back to self-awareness, things that I am not good at. I've learned how to outsource a lot of my, almost all my content creation, aside mm -hmm. from the actual videos and the podcast that I'm doing, I have a whole team that I built. I don't, I don't want to learn or have the time for video editing, podcast editing, graphic design, because that's not my strength. So mm -hmm. I found people who do it better than me and they're on my team and I outsource it. The other piece is I did not have the skills or do not have the skills for proper business development. So I went out and I hired an executive coach to teach me how to do that. So that's what I'm doing right now. I am learning how to scale, how to build. And it's been incredible. I'm, I'm learning and, it, and I love it. I love that business side of it. So like, what would your... Like, because again, another thing, like, yeah, tell I guess, like, this is a place where, you know, it's a safe place where we, you know, dream as crazy as we want to and there's no limits. So, what would, you know, your vision of just the peak for you, how, would, how does that look like? Yeah, I know the peak for me, I see it happening um, in the next 12 to 18 months where um, I quadruple my current business, right, from where it stands right now. Um, that's, you know, five to six new clients. Um, I see the podcast, you know, blowing up even bigger, um, you know, bigger, bigger guests. I'm not going to say better guests, but bigger guests as far as like their, because some of my best guests have been people with the smallest audiences. Some of my, some of my best shows are with people that no one has any clue who they are, right? Because it's the stories that come out. And we can talk about that in a minute. But, you mm -hmm. know, I see just the success growing. I see the machine starting to like really kick in. Um, I see myself scaling. I see myself hiring uh, a true number two. To work with that will help me grow the business and ultimately i want to get to a place and i'll be honest where my wife could stop working her day job and just spend more time at home with the kids because that's what she wants right so and, I, and if i could put I right i owe it to her right and i want to give that to her so that's that's one of my yeah. goals 
Oh, so sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's, that's like, yeah, it's nice to have like goals out. Yeah. So let's talk about the podcast and like, yeah. how, how did you decide to, you know, start the podcast? <sighs> it's how anyone starts it, right? I, I, yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, right. It's like, I had an idea. I saw everyone, this is like, uh, uh, January of 2019, right at the beginning of, of last year. And I saw all these people that were coming out with shows and everything. And I started to listen to some of them and I'm like, A, I could do this. And I'll be honest, B, I could do a better job. And C, I always had this like dream of being like a radio host, right? I grew up, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if, you know, Howard Stern, big in the US here, he's not really a household name over in the UK. Um, but those familiar with him, you know, Howard Stern, in my opinion, is one of the best interviewers out there. Someone I've listened to my whole life. And he went on this journey from the old Howard Stern that was like, you know, the dirty Howard Stern as people know him to the Howard Stern he is now, which is one of the greatest interviewers on the face of the earth. And, you know, he has a format now on satellite radio where he could talk to guests for as long as he wants. He doesn't have to take those commercial breaks, but it's a conversation. It's not a back and forth question thing. It's not like a quick 15 Mm -hmm. minute thing. And he's had some incredible interviews over the years. And that's something that I aspired to do have amazing conversations with people and bring out the best in them. And that's what I did with the show. You know, I have an amazing network that I've accumulated and curated over, you know, the last 25 years. And what I wanted to do presence was shine a light on them. And Mm. through that journey, I was going to tell my career story. So I've had folks on my show that have been in my career, that have been mentors, that have been coaches, that have been bosses to me. And then I've interjected that with other folks that I admire. I I love their career journeys. I love what they're doing. And then I'm in recruiting and talent acquisition. So I bring people in who work in that field so they can give actionable advice to my listeners. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I want two things to happen. One, I want to entertain, right? I want to be able to tell a good story. I want to make sure that like those half hour, 45 minutes that people are spending when they are fun. The second part, and most importantly, is adding value. I want every listener to walk away from the show with that aha moment. Be like, mm. oh, I, oh shit, I didn't know that. Oh, I've, I've been through that in my life. And, and you know, the way Presence handled that and the way she approached it, wow, that really inspired me to take action. Mm. Yeah, that is one of the goals, I think. Right. Definitely still working on that in terms of, I guess, one, I guess, one negative feedback I got from the podcast is like, you end up kind of repeating the lessons. Like, I understand, I guess, like the kind of questions, like, because, you know, taking action, the things that hold you back are kind of their rejection, their failure, doubt. Um, and like, this is now probably my like 50th episode. Great. <laughs> um, like, kind of repeats like the same or the same lessons. But um, like, my view is that I like every person I talk to, even if it's the same lessons, like their story is different and kind of um, like, you know, it's the same like lesson at the end but like story is different but then I do think like you know how could I make it better how could I like add a bit more value and make it like truly inspirational but yeah that's a journey to learn I guess but isn't it cool isn't it cool to look back on like your first few shows to where you are now like your own journey as a host like how you've gotten better how like it's become second nature how you figured out the preparation you figured out the process have to take action, right? Like yeah. a dream is just a dream until you execute on it. Yeah. And right. So Unless you step up and do it. Right. I mean, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, I had this idea, you had this idea, we execute on, we built this podcast, right? I had this idea, right. Of, of, of increasing my business. How am I going to do it? Right. So I took the mm-hmm. action, right. I, I, I got the tools around me. 
um, you know, to do it. Like I want to book, you know, I'm working on my hundredth guest right now. I'm taking the action, right? I'm not just sitting back and like dreaming that this guest is going to come mm -hmm. on my show. You got to take the action. You're spot on with that. Like, I don't, I don't like, like separate people, but like you know, the super successful people and the people who aren't where they want to be. The only, the only real difference is like taking action and not giving up right away. Like the successful people, they just keep yeah they're not quitting but they're just like it's just again just taking action um and then just talking to like because i kind of because i'm small i get to kind of reach out to my listeners one-to-one -one, and then we go and call so i literally know everyone who listens to my podcast like on a personal fantastic. level fantastic um, and just like talking to them like do like they really resonate with the message and i guess just slowly learn along the way and just see how it goes but um yeah i'm just super passionate about the idea of action even though it's awesome. straightforward but um, yeah sorry just as a massive rant no no it's uh, fantastic it's okay right like as a podcast as a podcast yeah, host, right like yeah. like early on like in my first few shows like i like I would just keep talking and talking and not let the guests talk. And I, I learned that there's times in a show to just sit back like, and let the guests go. And there's times to interject. And there's times like just now where you felt it, it was part of the conversation and you just spoke your truth and you spoke your mind and it's awesome, right? Like this is just part of the conversation, but mm -hmm. you're learning, like you learn when to talk and when not to, but I could hear through your voice and your, there's so much passion in your truth. Like, like you just said it and that's, you're going to manifest it and it's incredible to mm. watch this, right? Like yeah. why not, why not me? And I, it was, it was funny. I was talking to my wife the other day and I said the same thing. I'm like, why not? Like look around at all these other people, like they, they did it. They're no different, right? There, mm. There's a reason they got there. They were all, there's very few people that were just blessed with like, you know, a silver spoon, right? Like mm. everyone else had to bust their ass and work hard. And, you know, I mean, yes, there's a bit of luck, but it's really hard work, skill and tenacity. I had a really good quote in my head, but well, who said it? Maybe, maybe it'll. Maybe if you think about who said it, it'll help um, bring it out. Yeah, still, I'm not good at remembering names. Either. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll come back to you. Yeah, but something like uh, not a different quote that I remember is like just it's in, it's impossible until someone does it. So like, you know, everything is like impossible. You know, someone has to do it, and maybe that person is you. Like, I think I know David Meltzer. Dave, um, yep. Yeah, he's. I think he's massive into like you know law of attraction and uh -huh. just gratitude and giving, and I really like that. I really believe in that. Just oh yeah, Dave. Yeah. Dave's been on my show a couple mm -hmm. of times, and um, I, Dave's like a spirit animal to me, um, because his his advice is so mindset focused that, mm -hmm. and it's not it's not like super like tangible, actionable until mm -hmm. you take it, understand it, and then put it into practice. Right. Mm -hmm. The way the way Dave talks. Right. It's like, all right, let me reshift my mindset. Let me refocus on it. Let me really understand what, what gratitude means. And having a gratitude practice, um, you know, really helps keep you focused. And it's something that I talk about and I talk about on every show. And it's something that's so important to me. And I ask my guests the last question on every single podcast. You know, I talk about the North Star. Like, what is mm -hmm. your North Star? What is the reason you do everything? What is the reason that keeps you focused? And that ties back to gratitude, what Dave talks about, too. Right. Like I'm, I am grateful for everything that I have in my life. I'm grateful for everything that I've created. And that's a big difference too. Like I, I understand that like, and appreciate that like I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have this family, this wife, these kids, this house, this success if I didn't do it. And that's the confidence piece too in those moments that you doubt yourself. So it's building mm -hmm. up your confidence and also remembering to keep that North Star in focus and why you do what you do. What's your North Star then? Yeah, my, my North Star is are my two kids, um, you know, and, and my wife, but the kids are, I, I want them to look back and 
you know, when I think about that word legacy, right, I want them to look back mm-hmm. and say, not only did my dad do something, but, you know, he he showed us how to be strong when we're weak. He showed us how to, you know, really be, you know, responsible for your own success and not rely on other people and, you know, to build and manifest your own destiny. And I keep that in focus. That's that's my North Star. And everything I do is for them. And again, it goes back to the zero fail mission. I want to be able to give them everything that they need, all the tools to be successful, to make their own decisions and to have their own successes and failures and learnings in life. Mm. It's okay for them to fail. I want them mm. to fail. What are the main lessons you learned that you think um, you'd like to pass on to us, the next generation? So, so first and foremost, age 16 to 20, don't say no to anything. Don't say, try everything, try everything, try absolutely everything in life that has to offer. Taste, touch, feel, smell, travel, do, be with whoever you want, be who you are, try things, experiment, do whatever the fuck you want, right? And have no regrets, right? Literally, because there's going to come a time, and now I'm going to sound like the old man in the room, there's going to come a time when you're like me, 41 years old, and I look back and I'm like, you know what? I really don't have too many regrets because I followed that. I did everything. I did everything I wanted to do because I, I know people around me who are like, shit, time has gone by so fast and I wish I did these things. I wish I had that experience. I wish I did that. Mm-hmm. And now I get to a point where I'm just so happy and, and and just grateful in life that I have this and I've done everything that I've wanted to do. Um, so, you know, the big thing is just have no regrets, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, be safe, be smart, right? Like, you know, take calculated risks, right? Don't put yourself in a position to get hurt. Don't put yourself in a position to hurt other people. And most importantly, two things. One, doing things the right way every time is the only way, right? Just do the right thing, right? Like do 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 right by people, do right by yourself. That That's, that's so critically important. Um, and the second piece, which I literally had on the tip of my tongue and I, and I just forgot it because I'm sure it's really important. Um, Oh my God. It's now, now you're rubbing off on me, right? Oh my God. I just had like the most worldly, worldly piece of advice ever that I just forgot. Um, just, just, you know, trust the process, right? Like know it's a journey, right? Like don't, don't have your eye focused on like, you know, the end game, just know that you're going to get there, right? There is no finish line, right? There mm-hmm. is no finish line. Just each piece, each step along the way, figure out what you need uh, to get there yeah I agree and like I think one thing I didn't really share is just when I was 14 I was like sent to hospital because of like anorexia and like to the point where I yeah like I literally was told that I was gonna you know die if I didn't do anything and just that moment of feeling my body shut down 14 and then looking yeah. back in my life like what have I done in my last 14 years that I am proud of and it was like honestly there's nothing so and like yeah like you know covid has shown how unpredictable life is oh yeah so like i don't think age should like i have two groups of friends like one group not like one group of friends just like i have all like i mean not friends just like even Mm -hmm. adults they tell they tell us like we have all the time in the world like there's someone close to me just tells me just stop doing so many things right now because you know you can do it we can always do it after university you can always do it mm-hmm. when you're older but like to me I'm like no because I don't know what's going to happen in the future and so I'm going to make the most of yeah. every day and just know who your true friends are right and it's not the quant it's not the you know the quantity of them it's it's the quality and as you get older right like your your, your friends group will get smaller and you'll you'll know those people that stuck by your side through thick and thin, uh, no matter what, and just value those relationships. And that's what I forgot about. It's, it's a long game, right? And it's something mm-hmm. that I preach all the time is a long game. Um, all my success is predicated on relationships that I've 
fostered, curated over the years. I'm able to call back on people for my first job, for advice, for insights, to come on my on my podcast and don't burn bridges, right? I mean, listen, I burned one bridge in my life and that had to be scorched to earth because of the situation. But like really think about those relationships and play the long game. Stop being so transactional. Mm -hmm. I really think about, you know, we're in this and it's hard when you're younger and it's hard now when everything is so instant gratification and the optics of social media and the likes and the vanity metrics and all that other bullshit, right? But don't concentrate on that. Concentrate on the relationships. Concentrate on developing and nurturing those relationships because that's where the gold is. How do you do that? For example, I have a, I have guests on the podcast I really want to keep in touch with, but like I want to talk to them, but I don't know what to say. Just like just top of mind, top of mind, reach out, reach out. Right. And especially now during the last four months too, it's this concept of being invaluable, right? How can I provide value to somebody without asking for something in return Mm. so I could stay top of mind? And that's what it's all about. It's about just checking in and just genuinely interested in caring about other people. What would like for example, like for example, the idea of like adding value to I guess one because like yeah since starting the podcast like more young people have been asking me like they also want to they want to network they want to reach out to people they look they aspire to be but they don't think that they have any value to provide they don't they don't have a student they don't have really anything that I think the other person would want um, so how should I reach out to this person if I want to talk to them and you know say that I have I want to help you I value but actually you know. I don't have value. Unfortunately, sometimes value is disproportionate, right? Gary Mm Vee talks about this all the time, right? The value scale is is tipped in a lot of cases where it's not always equal because somebody usually has more value than the other to give. So it goes back to this idea of being invaluable. Everybody has a blind spot. Everybody has something that they cannot see because they have blinders on, right? They're focused on what they're doing. They're headstrong. So to add value, you have to find something that they do not see. And it could be something as simple as like, hey, hey, Adam, I saw this, you know, amazing article in this UK publication um, talking about recruitment. And, you know, I saw something in here. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but I thought it might be of interest to you. If you send me that article with a little blurb explaining it, I'd be like, oh, cool. I didn't know that. I appreciate that. So automatically what you've done is you've shown value. You didn't ask me for anything. You didn't ask me for any business, but now you're top of mind. Now presence is top of mind. So next time when there's a business opportunity and you come to me, I'm like, yeah, let's chat. Let me give you a few minutes mm-hmm. of my time. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And it works all the time. And we talk about outreach and we talk about, you know, even tactical things like direct messages mm-hmm. on, on LinkedIn and why they fail and why people are good at them. Because it's about changing the conversation from me, me, me to you, you, you. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, some some LinkedIn messages are just, what's the what's your favorite I guess, request uh, or LinkedIn message, like your f- favorite message that you know, stood out to you? Oh, my God. Um, there's been a couple, and there was one recently. It was, a, it was a video message, and I think video is really awesome to use, and I don't use it enough, and you could use voicemail on LinkedIn too. Um, but there's this guy, I forgot his name. He's going to get mad at me because I forgot his name. I don't have it offhand. Um, but he does video content creation, and he sent me a video where he basically analyzed one of my recent videos, and he gave me actionable feedback on it. It was literally like a minute and a half long. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, I didn't know that. And that's something I could do better. Like he immediately provided value in a short mm-hmm. video. And I said to him, I go, listen, thank you for sending that. I go, I do not need your services right now. But at the very least, I'm going to refer you to other people. And that's business. Mm-hmm. He might get more business me referring him than him, him working with me. Mm-hmm. Adding value. Finding that's blind spots. Tip. Right. Taking a couple minutes to do a, an analysis on somebody's you know, content and point out a couple things. 
Mm. Right? Like my YouTube page, I suck at YouTube. I don't know how to do shit with it. I'm trying to grow my YouTube audience. Like if someone came to me with some actionable advice on how to make it better and not just trying to pitch me their agency, but like real actionable advice, mm. maybe I'd listen to them. Maybe I'd invest a small por- portion of, you know, of, of my budget into that. Who knows? If I learn maybe somebody listening to this will take action on that. Let's see. Yeah. So here's the word. The, the secret code word for anybody listening who's going to pitch me is bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. <laughs> okay, guys, everyone heard that. If you have any special value, you want to... So we're going to see if this them. works. I'll be interested to see if it works. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't, please tell me. Just, yeah. Of course. Be, but, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And um, if, I, if you see anything that I could help you with, um, then... I am here to help if I can help with anything. Although I will think of what I can help with. But um, yeah. Um, so I don't know. But yeah. So at the end of the podcast, I usually ask um, everyone, like, what challenge would you give listeners to take action on? Could be any challenge. Yeah. I, I would say step out of your comfort zone, right? Try one little thing because that first step of action, step out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's, let me try doing a podcast. Let me reach out to somebody who I think I would never be able to get in contact with by adding some value to them to start a conversation. Maybe it's, you know, reaching out to uh, somebody that you admire, right? Like personally, um, and you want to ask them out for a date or something, but just try a micro action to step out of your comfort zone. Because once you take that first action, you see it's really not that scary. That's going to open up the door for you to taking bigger steps in your life. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. So what what's what's one thing that you're gonna do to start your comfort zone? Um, it's the biz dev, right? It's um putting in the time to doing the groundwork, um, mm. which I've sometimes been opposed to in my career, really being in the trenches and all the individual personalized outreach and trying to add value and drum up new business. Mm. That's cool. So uh, yeah, appreciate appreciate Adam coming. Um, and yeah, how can people find your podcast and your work and everything? Absolutely. About you? So the podcast you can find it at www. I said too many w's. Three w's. The podcast.com. Also available on every single major listening platform out there. Definitely check it out. It's awesome. And then work-wise, you could check me out at nhptalentgroup.com. And I'm on LinkedIn, Adam J. Poser. Please connect with me. I love meeting new people uh, around the world and just spreading the love. Everyone, enjoy the podcast. Again, please give a review on Apple Podcasts if you like it. Give it a follow on Spotify. Share it with your friends and family. Connect with us. And don't forget to connect with Adam. Try to see if you can add value and use the secret code Bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. I forgot to ask if it's his favourite sandwich. Ah. Oh well. Anyway, until next time, guys. <laughs>